Week two was the week of a bunch of changes. I mean, you have games that went into overtime. You have rookie quarterbacks coming off the bench to surprise everyone. I mean, what more can we ask for than some classical football? Hey, everyone. My name is Ashley Gibbs, and I'm your host of another episode of Not Your Average Cheerleader. That's right. Here we discuss everything NFL football related from the players to the game, to the injuries, to even the contracts. So sit back, listen in from a female perspective who secretly loves the game. And let's dive into this conversation and get started. Oh man, welcome back to episode two, season two of Not Your Average Cheerleader. It is like 7 a.m. where I am. Um, I'm going to tell you guys right now, week two shocked me by like a lot. But first things first. Today's episode is brought to you by the iced coffee in my cup. You know, I did, you know, cold brew iced coffee this morning with a splash of Irish sweet cream and coconut sweet cream. And my coffee's just really sweet, like me. So we're going to get ready to dive into the results of games for week two. But first things first, let's go to quick fire topics. All the injuries in the world is what I call it. Everyone seemed like anyone got injured. You know, I get like the preseason game for the safety and health of everyone involved, including the players. We canceled preseason. That's what the NFL did. And I admit it leveled the playing field for all the teams. But it also made it interesting because those extra games, those extra practices, the teams didn't have. So it really takes a testament, a toll on their bodies. And I mean, when I say everyone seemed to have gotten injured, Everyone seemed to have gotten injured. I mean, just look at look at this short. Okay, I have a list here. So NFL Week 2 injuries. Saquon Barkley, torn ACL, confirmed. Nick Bosa, MRI confirmed yesterday, torn ACL. Solomon Thomas got injured. Christian McCaffrey, out for six weeks, high ankle sprain. Jimmy G, quarterback for the 49ers, high ankle sprain. And then Drew Locke, I think he had a rotator cuff injury as well. And then another player, I think it was Solomon for the 49ers, I believe he also had a torn ACL. So, I mean, that just gives you an idea right there. And I mean, torn ACLs, if you listen to season one where I went over possible career ending injuries or hard to bounce back from injuries, we talked about torn ACLs. And that that's it. Your season's done. You won't. We probably won't see you till next year. So... Um, it really says a lot. I know they interviewed some of the coaches and one coach was like, well, it's the field that they're playing on. Don't let's not do that. Let's let's not try to blame it just on the field. That remind me when we were in track practice and we were like, oh, I'm getting shin splints, shin splints because of the track I'm running on. And then you go to a rubberized track and you're still getting shin splints. It could be your form. So. I agree. I think some of these injuries could be the result of possibly, you know, how did you prepare your body during the off season, during the quarantine time before we actually went straight in the season? You're playing full fledged long games. You're getting officially tackled by other guys who, if not, are the same weight as you. It's it's daunting. I hope every player that, um, you know, experienced an injury really gets through a really strong recovery process. We'll look forward to seeing you next year. For some of you, we'll look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Hopefully, things can be salvaged. But it seems like the 49ers took the hardest hit, you guys. And y'all know that's my team. 
I mean, George Kittle, he's also out. He had a knee sprain, like it was a bone sprain on his um in his leg. And it's just, ah, uh, 49ers, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little scared. I'm a little worried. I'm I'm highly concerned. But this means that we got to just fight harder. Perseverance is the word for this NFL season. It's perseverance. I'm not even kidding. If I was a coach and I had my players in a locker room, I would walk in there and I would say, look, how many rookies do I got in here? And they'd be like, oh, me, coach, blah, 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 me, 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 me. I'm like, great. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Again, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Everybody might get their shot this season. So stay ready. If one person, if everybody on the team goes out there and does one thing great, we can win this game. And that's going to be my speech. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm not an NFL coach. I have no experience whatsoever, but I can give motivational speeches when necessary. That's the quick fire topic was all the injuries from week two. Literally people carted out of the game. So let's talk about some results, shall we? The Browns versus the Bengals. That was Thursday night, you guys. So the Browns won, of course, and people got so hyped. They're like, oh, Baker Mayfield showed out. Oh, Baker Mayfield won the game. The running game for that team won the game, okay? Like, I mean, he. I think he only threw, what, one interception um, back in week one. That was my correction. I said two in episode one. I said he threw two interceptions in week one. He only threw one. Wow, you still lost the game, though. I don't think it made a difference. And on top of that, he came back week two on Thursday, but it was against the Bengals. I mean, I I like what Shannon Sharp said. You want to jump up and down with pom-poms in your hand because Baker Mayfield beat the Bengals? Okay. I just, I, I'm just like, okay, like, let's not, no. I want to see what he's going to look like over the next three weeks. I'm going to get Baker Mayfield three weeks, the progressive guy. That's right. I didn't forget his name. The progressive guy. I'm giving the progressive guy three weeks because one good team play on a Thursday night means nothing to me when you sucked for two years. Okay. You were terrible at your job for two years and you were given every single weapon around you and you still were terrible at your job. So I'm supposed to clap because you finally did what you probably should have been doing. No, Mm -mm. we'll be paying attention over the next few weeks. Moving on. Cowboys won in the final hour, you guys. Let me let me be clear about what happened here. Cause I know I know how people are feel about the Atlanta Falcons. We'll get to that in a second. But the Cowboys coming back and winning in the final hour. Dak Prescott was just doing the quarterback sneak on the what was I think the two or like I think it was a two-yard line a few times running the ball in himself. It was insane. Zeke was showing up and showing out. I mean, they were hype. And you know what? Guess what, Dak? That still doesn't guarantee you that $200 million contract you want. Yeah, I said it. But I will say this. If they keep playing like that, the Cowboys, keep your eyes on them. I know Cowboys fans are happy because it was a struggle bus for like a good minute. That first week was not good. And then the first quarter of that game, people were losing hope. They were. They were like, what kind of trashery? I made up a new word. (laughs) What kind of trashery is this? Are we really sucking this bad? And then it's like someone went and really gave the pep talk. And all of a sudden the Cowboys came back there and started like gaining yardage, scoring touchdowns, the whole game flipped from the other team to the Cowboys. Then you go on to the Atlanta Falcons 
who had the lead in a game and they lost. They lost. I know Falcons fans, I just want to ask, are you guys okay? Are you guys all right? Because this seems to happen a lot. I'm noticing a pattern of behavior. And that is every time the Falcons get a lead, they lose. They could, come on, we could go back to this. Everybody right now who like are upset with the Falcons are going back to Super Bowl where it was the Falcons versus the Patriots. And it was 28 to 3, 28 to 3 in like the third quarter with only, I can't remember the time that was left, but it wasn't a lot. And legit, people were like, this game is over. There's no way the Patriots are going to come back. And what happened? The Falcons let the Patriots come back and take over the entire game and win the Super Bowl. And they let that happen again in their game. I don't know what it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Matt Ryan did well for fantasy football points. I think it was like 27, 28 points for Matt Ryan. But how did y'all lose? I think they need to revamp some coaching over there. That's my thoughts. But I think they need to revamp some coaching over this. Just me. Let me know if you agree. You know. They need to reevaluate some coaching decisions over there. You know what I also think? I think also, too, when it comes to the Falcons, I personally think that it's the it, like play calling. I'm really learning now because, remember, it's a female who secretly loves the game. I'm paying attention. I'm learning now that play the bad play calls are really, 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 really putting a lot of these games in jeopardy at the last second. I have this thing. I just need people to understand. When you have an one yard to gain, and it's fourth down, I don't get why you're not at least choosing to run the ball or do a slant. I don't understand. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. Like, you have one yard to gain. You know what? Carolina Panthers made that mistake last Sunday. They had one yard to gain, and they could have gave it to their number one running back in the league, but instead they gave it to their fullback, who you knew wasn't going to make No, mm-mm. I just need someone make that make sense for me, please. So then you go on to Kansas City, who almost lost to the L.A. Chargers. I admit, for me, this was one of the best games, one of the best games that happened on Sunday night because L.A. Chargers, as you know, they started their rookie quarterback, Herbert, who was a backup because their leading quarterback, he got injured. He had a chest injury, I believe, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he had some sort of like upper body chest injury. And they literally told the rookie quarterback before the game started, hey, you're going to go in and you're going to start today. And he probably was like, oh, okay. Now, if you watch Hard Knocks, which I talked about um, a few times on my YouTube channel in the Not Travis Cheerleader segments, this rookie wasn't bad. He's like six foot, what, four or five? He's kind of a big dude, and his accuracy is crazy. They were doing accuracy throws with him, and they were like, this kid is going to be a firecracker. So here we we find out the main quarterback's out. Rookie comes in. He's facing a Super Bowl reigning champ, going up against Patrick Mahomes, and the game goes into overtime. You guys, if you get a chance, go watch the highlights. You would be shocked. Now, I've heard other sportscasters say, oh, I didn't have a doubt in my mind that Kansas City was going to win. I'm not going to lie. There was a point, uh, part of me that was like, Kansas City might actually lose this game. And I still think they need to be humbled. They come out there, and I get it. They feel like they can beat everybody. But watch your work ethic and how you play. Because when you get that mindset that 
it's nothing. Oh, this ain't nothing. I can win. It's going to be one of those random teams that whoops your tail and really makes a statement. And I'm telling you right now, it was almost the Chargers um, on Sunday night, you guys. So Patrick Mahomes, we saw a few mistakes in the offense with the passing wide receivers not moving up to come towards the ball. So the ball was kind of short thrown, so to speak. And then on top of that, you could see again where he was getting kind of flustered because when it's not running, the play's not running the way you want it to. It was showing on his face for Patrick Mahomes. You could see he was getting a little bit frustrated, just a little bit. And the game was on the line. There wasn't a minute where you were just like, you can relax, you can breathe, you guys got this. It was like tight the whole entire time. And Herbert, for for the LA Chargers, that rookie quarterback, he just looked like stress all the time. And I was like, I would be too, but his composure with the way he moved though, you could tell he was just, I was impressed. I was really, really impressed. He just shined. And I mean, I think they would have definitely won that game had a lot of those wide receivers caught his passes. And I mean, he was throwing it directly to them. You know, Eckler shined as a running back, really helped move the ball. I mean, even the little I call him a little kid, but he's not really a little kid. He's he's out of college. But I will say this. Herbert, when he went to run the ball himself to get the first down, it was, it was hilarious. I guess someone from the defense tried to tackle him, and he hit them. He gets up, and the other person's still rolling on the sideline. And the commentators were like, did he just knock out somebody from the defensive line? He did. He clean knocked that guy out. And I was like, well, the quarterback, he's not a small dude. Like, he got up like it was nothing. Kid was taking his hits, running the ball. Shout out to Herbert. Great job. I was watching you on Hard Knocks. I knew that you were going to be something special. You keep playing like that. Keep working hard. Keep working with that coaching staff. You're going to do some amazing things this season. Speaks a lot because you sent that game into overtime. And the only reason Kansas City won is because of their kicker. It's not because they scored a touchdown. It's not because Patrick Mahomes made some super long throw in clutch moments. It was because of the kicker. So at the end of the day, it's a team effort. Kansas City won. But there was nothing magical that happened in that game that you were like, oh, snap, that's Kansas City. They played like we normally expect them to play. So um, watch the highlights. You'll be more impressed with Herbert than probably you would be with Patrick Mahomes. That's my assessment. Am I savage? Oh, a little. Now, New England versus the Seahawks. Man, oh man. Can I guys, can I paint a picture for you? Okay, so here's the deal. I'm in fantasy football and all my players played. I'm at like 90 some odd points. I was like, oh crud. Okay, I'm not even gonna get over 100. I was really stressing about that. I was like, if I'm gonna lose, don't let me lose by a lot. I had one player left. Just one player left. And it was Julian Edelman because their game didn't start to like 8.20 p.m. It was Julian Edelman. And I was like, okay, it's all up to you, Jules. It's all up to the squirrel. I need points. And I mean, the projection was low. They didn't expect him to really do anything. I was really tired. I was falling half asleep trying to stay awake to watch the game. And I was like, maybe this is one of those superstition things where I shouldn't watch the game and I should go to sleep. So I went to sleep. Woke up at five the next morning to get my workout in, and I look at my fantasy football points. Julian Edelman, everyone, scored 25 points, 170, I think, nine yards. This guy, 
with Cam Newton, who scored over 30. They may have lost, but they performed in fantasy football land. I keep telling people to this day, Julian Edelman is underrated. He doesn't get enough props. They wrote him off so hard at the beginning before the season even started. And here, Cam Newton connected with him for basically three full quarters. I mean, he was taking it to the one-yard line for them to run it in or throw it in every single time. All you heard, if you watch the highlights from the commentators, Cam Newton passes, caught by Julian Edelman. Cam Newton throws, caught by Julian Edelman. Cam Newton sneaks off, runs down. Oh, he finds him, caught by Julian Edelman. I'm just like, ah, well, that says a lot. I mean, he found him down the field multiple times. Cam Newton had over, what, 10 completions downfield. And then Julian Edelman had 107 receiving yards. Yeah, I was right, 179 receiving yards. So that kind of performance alone, that's that's what you call playing football. Those guys together, along with the rest of the team, shout out to the, one of the McCourtney brothers who got that interception. Russell Wilson only had one. It was because it was tipped, too, and <laughs> magic happens. McCourtney was right there to catch the ball and take off running. That was like, it's a done deal. And that was at the beginning of the game. Russell Wilson is underrated as well. He did an amazing job with the Seahawks. I always tell people, keep your eye on the Seahawks because they're that team that they perform like low-key well. I mean, they've been to the Super Bowl. They perform low-key well. So don't ever write off Russell Wilson and company um, because really for that team, sometimes for me, I feel like when they lose a game, I look at the play calling and see how that impacts everything. But yeah, I was super impressed. So glad I drafted Julian Edelman. If he ever hears this, thank you so much. Keep working hard. Keep playing hard because the results are going to show you guys are going to show out this year. And I'm looking forward to watching every minute of it. I knew there was a reason why I love that man. Thank you so much. I was like mind blown when I woke up, you guys. I was like, oh my gosh, 25 points. I didn't win. Just so you know, I didn't win that round. Just like they didn't win the game, I didn't win that round. But I I believe my team worked hard. I was impressed. Do I have to make some changes for my fantasy football team? 100%. This is about winning. And you got to take your losses while you can, but this is about winning. I got to move some people, put some people back. I'm putting some people on the bench. I never thought I would put on the bench. I sound a little bit like a coach, and I'm a little bit harsh, but I don't care. And you know, a guy told me to bench Julian Edelman. I was like, my gut told me don't bench him, and I didn't, and I got the 25 points I needed. So there you go. I'm not even going to fuss about these games, those that was actually those two games, Kansas City versus the Chargers and New England versus Seahawks, two of my favorite games from Sunday night, hands down. I'm super impressed. These guys are trying to play the best they can. Remember, they didn't have a preseason. Then they have as many practices as they normally would due to COVID-19 and trying to be safe. And here they're out there still playing their heart out with football. It really, this season, for who goes to the playoffs and who goes to the Super Bowl, is going to come down to who wants it more. That's it. If your star players get injured, these rookies can come off this bench and make some magic happen. I'm telling you right now, that quarterback Herbert is an example of what that can look like. So you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. That's how we're going to close out episode two. Thank you guys so much for joining me super early in the morning on my end, um, right before we kind of jump into our day on a Tuesday morning. Thank you guys so much. I look forward to seeing you soon because I'm going to record a segment for my YouTube channel um, for Not Your Average Cheerleader. We're going to have some fun there for sure. And if you get a chance and you enjoyed yourself, click the subscribe button, download, 
because I'm only going to keep doing these because games are going to keep happening every week. And I'm sure it's going to get more interesting, especially as we get closer to the playoffs. It's anybody's game this season, and I'm going to be covering all of it. So thank you guys so much. Enjoy your mornings wherever you are in the world. I appreciate you. Support your black communities. Support each other. And make sure you get out there and rock the vote in November. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day.
So <laughs> in doing so, thank you guys so much for joining me on season two, episode one. Stay with me. I appreciate the ones who have joined me already. If you haven't yet subscribed, it's probably only going to get more savage on here and we're only going to have more fun. And if you enjoy these, follow me on YouTube. Again, my name's Ashley Gibbs, A-S-H-L-I-E, for the Not Your Average Cheerleader segments that are also going to come as well. Always a pleasure. Remember, social distance, stay safe, and support your Black communities. Have a great day.